Hello. Welcome to my art forum. It's time for post orthodoxy, a show about changing our minds. Yeah, baby. With your host, Dark and Ainsley Sevier. Maybe what they believe about reality isn't all of reality. What? I know, right? We are on a mission to have a better time with more people more often. The question is more how do you get there? Post-orthodoxy explores strongly held beliefs, how those belief systems divide or connect people, and what might be found beyond those reality bubbles. Keep calm. Don't lose your head. I've got a piece of chocolate here with me because I got anxiety about doing this. Welcome to this neighborhood. Neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Here we are once again. Yay, glad to be back. Welcome to Post-Orthodoxy, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again today in the Outpost in the Borderlands. Season 3, Episode 6, uh, our sixth, our fifth episode with an, a guest, which is very exciting because we really didn't have a lot of guests in Season 2. Yeah, we were, everybody was locked down in one way or the other. And then we got out of the habit, and then... And we like to hear our own voices a lot. <laughs> there was a lot to talk about, and uh, we're really excited to have, start having more opinions in the post-Orthodoxy neighborhood where we can bring people in and talk about their experience of life and their experience of the universe and what they're learning and what's interesting for them and things that they've had to change their minds about. So it's not just always about things Dark and I have changed our minds about. That's right. That was one of our big critiques from season two was people were like, you need to have other people talking about the stuff, which I understand. We're all used to uh, hearing from experts and specialists in their field. And so we're doing our best to bring some folks in who have studied the things that we talk about sometimes on post-Orthodoxy way more than we've studied them. Okay. So I'm really excited uh, just to let everybody know I've been spanked by Meta. Yes. I got meta spanked. Uh, I don't know why. I don't, I guess, I don't know why exactly. I think they I don't, they don't tell you specifically which thing you're getting spanked for. They always ask me if I agree with it. Do you agree with this decision? I say, no, I don't. Yes, like, daddy. Thank you. Yes, daddy. I know I was bad. You know, they, they, who says that? Who says, yes, I agree that I should be censored? Yes, you should please censor please me. Please censor me. Yeah. I, you know, I Such really weird... didn't even mean to share that in the first place, <laughs> whatever yes. it was. So um, I cannot share post-Orthodoxy's um, live stream to my Dark Sevier page. Oh, my God. So I We're am, counting on you guys. I am now sharing um, the YouTube stream on my page that and works. the Twitch stream on my page saying that I've been meta-spanked and I'm trying to work around censorship. Fuck so you, Facebook. Um, <laughs> those hey, are both old Deb is now. in the house. Yeah, welcome to the show. Um, so we have a, a little tiny disclaimer that we do in the oh. beginning. Which is basically like... For your safety. Uh, for your safety, viewer discretion advised. We are probably going to talk about something on this show that will make you uncomfortable at we, some point. Every every week we talk about something that makes somebody uncomfortable. Yep. And it might be a religious thing or a sexual thing or a political thing or um, um, a historical thing or an economic thing. People get really sensitive when you talk about their sacred cows as if they're not sacred, but rather something that we should be able to ask questions about. And so at some point, we're probably going to ask questions about something that might be a sacred cow for you that you think maybe nobody should talk about, but that's why post-Orthodoxy is here. We have a mission to uh, build community and reduce harm by challenging dogmatic thinking because dogmatic thinking is black and white and binary and it separates us from each other rather than enabling us to work with each other. Okay. I found out I can comment as post-orthodoxy on the post-orthodoxy Facebook page. 
shall we shall we bring our guest on Dark? yeah yeah let's bring our guest on <laughs> do you want to do you have anything you'd like to say about adrian youngblood before before we bring her on the camera or do you want to let everybody watch her blush while you talk her up yeah there's no there's no pressure this is a friend this is a friend of ours friend of the show friend of mine personally for many long times um, and I figure we're just going to have a nice casual conversation. She's got a nice comfy couch and bring, bring on oh, to the show, la, la. Uh, Adrian Youngblood. <laughs> there she is. Welcome to the show. Thanks for well, thank you. tuning in, <laughs> uh, for, for, for beaming in today. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel too. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is, this is, this is a great exercise and I'm so, I'm so happy to join both of you. It's kind of exciting. Cause I've, you know, like Dark has said, I, I've known you for a very long time and even, Knew you before I knew I knew you. So yeah, that's, that's just. Well, we're going to get to that part later. We'll tell that story because it's, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Funny story. This is story. good practice, Adrian, because as a as a very important demographic of documentary filmmaker, meaning like a woman who's making movies, you should absolutely be out there doing interviews and inspiring all the other women and girls that think that there's not space for them in the filmmaking industry. So thank you for what you're doing. You're being sexist. Reverse sexist. Yeah. I'm perpetuating divides <laughs> as we speak. We we have a lot of time to make up for. <laughs> you know, it's how, the way it is, whether how, it is or isn't. How do but we address? I, I appreciate that. How do we address inequality without perpetuating divides? I ask you. So I know it's very difficult to introduce yourself. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit of an introduction because I think we share um, a very uh, uh, div- diverse resume. And, um, I did an exercise when I was 30 something, when I was trying to get a job and I was doing all the resume things of like, I work good with people and I'm a team player and all that, whatever that shit is. This job from this year. Yeah. 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 I, I I had access to a state computer. This is back before everybody had the computers. So I thought (laughs) I'm just going to type my id resume, like all the things that I'm proud of. So I'm like, I was dealing acid across the United States when I was 19 <laughs> years old. You know, that that resume. So Who you really are. But the stuff that I feel like that was a thing. These are the stories that you yeah. tell in the kitchen at 4 o'clock in the morning when the party's winding down. That's why it doesn't wind down. So I want to ask you, <laughs> give us your id resume. What things have you done in your life that you would like people to know about that you feel good about having done? I have to put this over here so people can wow, see Wow, okay. So that's kind of a loaded question. Um, totally. Uh, uh, yeah. So the things you know, that you can talk about. Yeah. And then there's that. That's kind of where I was going with that. You know, what, what, how many listeners do you have? No, yeah. um, I, <laughs> we have, we have, we usually have about 20 people tuning in on Sundays and then we are always finding out about more lurkers and people that listen to it after the fact or watch after the fact. Funny. Well, you've, you've given the disclaimer. Funny story. I went across the street to get a burrito. We have a burrito place across the street. And I was telling the lady, she's like, you're going live at noon. And I'm like, yeah. And I started talking about my getting spanked by Meta. And then this guy eating his breakfast burrito at the counter was sort of giving me side eye. And then, um, so I gave the lady our new card that goes to our link tree, which is our Instagram, Spotify, blah, 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 blah. And I slid one to him and he goes, I knew that was you. And he pulls up his phone and he's listening to post-orthodoxy on Spotify um, and was hearing my voice, hearing my voice coming out of. So shout out to Logan. Shout out to Logan over at Miners Pub and Grub for tuning in to uh, our past shows. So cool. And on I Spotify, how Logan do, on Spotify. I don't know. I won't even touch that, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of fa- That's kind of great. We can touch on that later. Um, <laughs> later. 
As long as everybody's in agreement, we can touch whatever we want. Oh my gosh! Right. So we bought a lot of time where you didn't have to say stuff. Your turn. Thank you. I was I was definitely like sourcing my mind on um, what what would I possibly say here? Look, should I start when I was five? Um, yes. But you know, actually, I have had that that uh, essence of that that, that archetypal. Um, you know, I've got to save the world, and you know, wherever that is implanted as as a child, and you try to figure out what the heck that even means. But, um, and I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I don't think that's my mission. I'm just, um, I am reflecting on um, some of what you're talking about. And I think that, you know, my, my, my more public work and the things that I've done lately since about 2015, I think that's more um, relevant to, to right now. Okay. And, um, you know, and that is that, you know, I was, I actually had a, a very bad horse accident. Um, I used to uh, be, I, I have a lot of horses and I still do, of course, but um, I had a bad accident and uh, it left me bedridden and um, for about eight months. And um, that's when I uh, fell down a research frenzy. Oh I've always been a, a researchaholic, but here I am trapped in my bed, can't really go anywhere. And really can't do anything. I've got my brain working, but my body, not so much. So mm. there I went and really started uncovering a whole lot of the questions that I've had uh, most of my life. And, you know, but, but wait, what about this? And um, started really asking questions about, you know, um, space travel and um, how do we, how does our consciousness um, connect through maybe an astral travel kind of thing. So I went there and then that tripped me on to other um, political things and in our, in our world. I mean, I know that the two don't seem like they would connect. Hmm. We're, we're huh. talking about rabbit holes right. and, uh, and trees with branches. And so there I went and um, I started getting involved in an organization that um, they, they, they really were stressing the uh, free energy patents that had been available for, you know, that had been um, uh, buried by, you know, threat of national security. So those were all, those patents were, you know, put away and locked in, you know, locked up. And, but then I started reading about all the people who have actually done this and had their patents taken away. And it's like, wait, wait, they what? all know about free energy, you know, wait a minute, this is, we could change the world in about 30 days with all this information. Right. So I joined this group that there, the, that was the, um, the goal. And that ended up taking me into, um, again, more rabbit holes. I started doing conferences that um, invited um, a great deal, a variety of people, uh, secret space program whistleblowers to uh, those who were in the military and were um, experimented on um, human trafficking, mind control, um, 5G, all of the things that we had questions about. Um, right in the, in the vernacular. And, and I, I had questions about it. Right. I, I didn't, I'm not really that person who's going to go, okay, here's the information, choke it, eat it. It's true. <laughs> um, I, I have no idea, but I'm super curious. And, um, and I know how to put it, those things together. So that's, that's, uh, I've done several conferences. My last one was dimensions of disclosure. Uh, you've, you've spoken at conferences or hosted conferences. No, or? I, I, I've produced them. Woo. I produced them. I invite the speakers and, you know, I, I, I produce and make sure the whole thing 
works. That's cool. And so, yeah. So the last one was Dimensions of Disclosure in 2019. And, um, you know, the event side, I've obviously, because of that flu we're all having um, to deal with, that was, uh, events are just not really um, a good way to reach people um, Mm -hmm. anymore. Right. And so I also then started working with the same team, uh, different people from the same teams that um, we were doing documentaries. We started, you know, asking a lot of questions and some of the documentaries that I've produced um, a thousand pieces was definitely one of the ones that I've produced um, that uh, I wasn't, uh, I was more involved with just getting all those people together because that was one that just came together like that due to the cancellation of another one anyway so that was a thousand pieces and what was that about subject that was about um really the corruption in um some of the people that were harmed through fbi and cia uh um um, belonging and how you know they weren't really the good players there so they kind of got squeezed out mm. by the fbi and the cia and they kind of tell their story and how that happened to them and 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 what that is and um and there's also the whole understanding this was kind of before uh the last election that this that this co- documentary was released so there was a lot of um understanding trying to be delivered about what that sandwich of information and uh, at that time what all the politics that were going on at that time around um trump and um digital soldiers and the censorship had just started Mm. and so we really had a lot more um freedom to just discuss (laughs) just discuss right right um but of course that that as we've seen that uh, develop um, the more and more through censorship, there is no more. Uh, it's very difficult to discuss anything that's not um, the narrative. Um, and then, of course, we just released uh, The Observers. That's available on Amazon.com um, and iTunes and all the other you know regular uh, places where you rent movies. Yeah. And um, The Observers is um, it's kind of a look at... This one's got the- like a super legit movie poster. I know. That's what I, that's what I kind of felt like when I saw it. We'd been looking through all of your movies, like which one should we watch tonight? And then we came up with this movie poster. I was like, oh my god, that's like, that's a real movie poster right there. So we're gonna watch I that know. movie. I thought we did yeah, watch the. Yeah, we did. We did. One. We watched that the Observers. Got... I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, that one. That one. You know, that one had like real distribution from a real distribution company. Nice. <laughs> you know, they like to do all the you know shiny things that you know sell documentaries, and um, I I. But, you know, I, I, I was mostly um, um, part of, uh, yeah, I, I produced that one, but there was a lot of producers on that one and everyone has a different job. That's right. right. A producer, <laughs> that, you know, producer right. can mean a lot of things. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. We went down the rabbit hole that you had carved out uh, doing a unit study to prepare for our interview with you. So we watched The Observers. We watched mm-hmm. uh, Beyond... Beyond Majestic, Above Majestic. Above Majestic. majestic. Which I was like, this is a dumb title until I understood that Majestic is like a clearance level. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what does this mean? Like aliens are majestic or like we're thinking majestically like enlightenment or whatever. I don't know. And then we watched it and I was like, oh, I'm I'm smarter now. Um, Majestic (laughs) is a clearance level. So this is like things that are above even this extremely high clearance level. Right. Knowledge. Yeah. So we went yeah. down the rabbit hole of, uh, we saw that there's a new Bob Lazar documentary that we watched as well. We decided to sort of we round out. We accidentally watched 
two Bob Lazar documentaries. By accident. Yeah, and and yeah. I had nothing to do with those. No, you had nothing to do with those. <laughs> I just want to make that perfectly yeah. clear. There we yeah. go. <laughs> we, we, but we, we expanded. We, we took a fork off of your work to find adjacent material because I have gone down that rabbit hole before. Ainsley had not fully sort of gotten immersed in the story of uh, the Disclosure Project. Well, let me, I'll just, um, yeah, you say it. as like, I'm, I'm often the foil on post-orthodoxy because not, not, you know, intentionally or unintentionally. I, I grew up super conservative Republican Christian in a very, very conservative liturgical version of the evangelical church. Um, so the hierarchy, for instance, was God, pastor, husband, wife, children, um, very much about like purity culture and homeschooling and creationism and all of these things. Um, and you really only vote to stop the gays and save the babies. It doesn't matter anything else about their platform. Um, and then about uh, in 2015, I got to the point where I, it just became untenable. The cognitive dissonance between my experiences of reality and what I was told was reality, we're, we're getting, to, I was exhausted trying to continue to believe what I had been raised to believe. Cognitive dissonance got too much. It was exhausting. Yeah. I, it was like a fuzz. I was in a fuzz for like four years. And so I, I got divorced. I stopped going to church. Um, my parents stopped talking to me for a few years. And I've just been sort of out in the world, like, finding out what a Smurf is and <laughs> lis listening to Pink Floyd for the first time and things like that. And, um, and watching an R rated movie, learning how to say fuck and stuff. And so like little baby steps and I've been gra <laughs> gradually expanding to learn about, and it's really exciting because I, it's, uh, I'm coming at these things like the JFK assassination or the concept of aliens, um, with fresh eyes. I, I wasn't really told anything about it cause it didn't matter because it wasn't real, you know? And so, um, so like, I didn't grow up with all the propaganda around the JFK assassination. We just, it was just like, it happened, it was sad, whatever. And <laughs> so I didn't know that half of America or most of America just goes through their daily lives thinking that he was murdered from behind. Mm -hmm. Because I had only ever seen that one little clip in movies where they show him getting shot from the front and his head whipping backwards and his brains blowing out the back of his head. Back into the left. <laughs> so yes. Back into the left. Yeah. So I was like, so part of going down the alien disclosure stuff and watching the documentaries led to other things the government lies about that people don't really even know. Um, but we could, cause it's all out there is like, wait, like, most of America grew up thinking JFK was murdered from behind because if you watch the video, obviously he wasn't. And we have a video of it now, but they were all told the same thing for so long that they've never, they've never. They were told the story before they saw the film. Yes. And so. And then they just made their perceptions go with. Even be though the, the story. evidence is yeah. there now, the, the imprint was that he was murdered from behind. He was murdered from behind. And so the, the, even when faced with very clear evidence, a lot of people just don't eat. They're like, well, well, that was in the past, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and so the same thing is happening with me with the alien thing where I, I just sort of thought non-judgmentally, complete. I've always, I grew up believing in a lot of things I couldn't prove. Um, and I've always loved the idea that maybe unicorns really did exist, like narwhals exist. I mean, we don't know. Um, <laughs> we're always finding out about different kinds of dinosaurs that we didn't know were there. Um, I'd always sort of thought aliens was like one of these things where um, it could maybe have happened or 
be happening, um, but it's probably so rare and so undocumented that like, well, you know, it's, it's never, with the unicorns. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's never really going to be a thing. Like I also know a creation scientist who claims to have taken photos of a long neck plesiosaur in the middle of the forests in South America. So I spoke with that man one-on-one about his deep belief in his experience that if his camera hadn't been confiscated by customs Mm. he would have a photo to show people of a living plesiosaur in south america so to me the aliens was kind of like that like (laughs) and then (laughs) and then we watched all these documentaries and i'm like holy shit there's like he like buttloads of redacted government documents right this is inductive reasoning this is sherlock holmes this is like that you don't have a picture of an alien. We have a ton of evidence that makes a picture of an alien <laughs> in the middle where the nothing is. And so that I was, I've been kind of mind blown that like, she's your perfect audience member for your movies, like, by the way, like way came way in more, with fresh eyeballs, way more real than I thought it was. <laughs> Wait, what happened to your sound? Uh, uh, do we need, we need to go away and come back five minutes? Yeah, let's go away and come back. We have okay. stuff to talk about. All right. You, She's going to figure out the thing. Yeah. And we're going to talk. Right. And then I'm going to kick you out of the Zoom video and you ping us when you want to come back. Okay. She says okay. yes. All right. Great. <laughs> I'll text her something to that effect too. Okay. Oh, I'm so sad. I feel so badly because we were like, I was so ready for. That to was hear. a big, that was the big build up. That was to the, the big build yeah. up to like Adrian talking for, I just want to hear what Adrian has to say about her work now. We'll fix it in post. When did you first hear about aliens, Dark? Um, I had a UFO experience when I was six. Really? Yeah. Like you think you did? So here's the story. Uh, six years old, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. I'm in, um, uh, my bedroom Mm -hmm. and a green glowing orb shows up at the window. Okay. That's right. And And, and you didn't know the word orb when you were six. No, it was, uh, it was like football shaped, but (laughs) roundy at the ends, more roundy at the end. So it was oblong, maybe egg shaped, um, glowing, like literally like the glow in the dark toys you get glowing that color green, um, outside my window. And so like, whatever, I look at the thing and I don't remember anything else. And then I wake up the next morning and I'm having breakfast with the family and I'm like, hey, mom, I saw a... Like flubber. Like I, it was glowing like flubber? Yeah. I'm like, hey, mom, I saw a green glowing orb outside my window, whatever seven-year-old <laughs> whatever you said. You, whatever word you yeah. said. <laughs> so I'm like, I had this green glowing thing outside my window. And uh, I was really excited about it because it was unique. And she's like, oh, it was probably just like a glow-in-the-dark Frisbee or something. Yeah. And I was like... No, it was hanging, and I know what a Frisbee looks like. It was, like, hanging (laughs) outside my window. So my sister, my older sister, she's about seven years older than me, so Uh she's, like, early teens. She starts kicking me into the table and giving me the eyes, like, Don't say anything. Just don't say anything. (laughs) And so then uh, breakfast was over, and then she took me aside after breakfast and said, I saw it, too. And we shouldn't say anything about it. She just told wow. me to be mum's the word on the so thing. So she was like 13 or something. Yeah. And somehow she knew. She was like, well, obviously mom's not going to get it. Right. And I don't know what her experience was. That maybe she had said something else earlier in life and had been treated weirdly for a while by the parents. Maybe so. So my that sister, Sister Jessie and I, um, have always had this uh, wink and nod relationship that we're really not from this family. Did you just like dox her online? I mean, what if your mom watches this? No, video? we've we've it's it's we've talked about it since then. She can't spank us anymore. Uh, oh, 
right? Or force you to go to therapy. No, no, no. So um, that was the first UFO experience. Okay. So that one. And you think you've had another one? I've had definitely another one. Really? Um, Wait. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, about the mountains. Right. Tell us. It's kind of, that one's a little more complex. A little more special? It's definitely a little more complex. <laughs> uh, but it was it was two lights in the sky that just hung above us while we were out in the mountains. Right. I'm listening. Are, you, are we figuring it out? Uh, you're telling us about your second It's too alien. long. It's too no, long. No, no, it's good. It's a good story because I want to hear other people's alien stories. Yeah, I want to hear other people's one alien stories. One of the stories. things that people brought up on uh, one of Adrian's documentaries is how you really couldn't talk about weird experiences you'll get alienated 10 20 30 years ago but now we're getting to the place where you can say that you had an alien encounter and still have a job you can say you had an alien encounter and still have custody of your kids more so more so and so a lot of people it depends on how vehemently you say it is really right right can you talk about your alien experience in a sensible and objective socially norm kind of way or whatever. But this lady, she was in like her sixties and she says, a lot of us who had these experiences are starting to come forward right. and talk about them because we're, you know, I would love to see like a TikTok challenge. I've been pondering like, how do I make a TikTok challenge? That's like, tell me about your alien experience. Cause a lot of the times the kids will start one of those challenges and be like, okay, use this sound to tell me about your alien experience. And then they'll play some creepy music and you talk uh, over it right. and then it goes viral. And right. you suddenly have a ton of people sharing this experience. Cause they've done other kinds of TikTok challenges with like your dog or your favorite work of art that you've created or whatever it is right um so i would love <clears throat> to create more of an open acceptance of people talking about their experiences with the ineffable right that some people think of as aliens and some people think it's krishna and some people think it's an angel or whatever i should i have that piece that um ufo experience typed out on mm. on yieldy computer printout i don't i would have to retype the whole thing but i have like a 30-page story on on that UFO experience. I'll, I'll, You've talked about almost everything about that experience on fi- on this thing before. I feel as though it's not like you're going to be revealing something weird and unexpected about yourself, you know what I'm saying? No, it's but it's a it's a very long detailed story and I think I yeah. like I like all the details of the story, so I'm going to publish it to our Facebook yeah, page, to absolutely. our um um to our website. Substack that would be an L.A. story, one of the L.A. stories. Um, so, yeah, the UFO story, I'll, I'll talk about some of the qualities of the UFO. So, for me, I was being very agnostic about UFOs. I thought UFOs could be... You'd had that experience, vis- but you were kind of like, meh. Well, the, the early experience, but I'd also been doing a lot of work around perceptions and cognition and how all this business works. And so, I'm like... Some people see the Virgin Mary, but somebody else who didn't believe in the Virgin Mary might see a gray alien. I felt I felt right. like there's like phenomena going on, and then our we operating put system on it. puts a veil up through which to perceive something that really maybe isn't any of those things. Maybe we can't perceive it at all. Right. Yeah. So it could be religious. It could be a UFO. Maybe it's um, geomagnetic. That's another theory is that mm-hmm. there's certain places on the world where there's uh, Huji Fuji coming out of the ground. Oh, right. Um, that's messing with your perceptions. That's messing it with your perceptions. People yeah. in psychedelics, et cetera, et cetera. Right. All those things. So uh, I'm pretty agnostic, um, but I did have that experience where I was, uh, we were, it's like two o'clock in the morning. We're up in the mountains. Um, I'm laying on this rock and 
I had that sensation of what people talk about being on the table with the lights and the figures surrounding you. I'm like, if I went down the UFO thing, I would start seeing gray aliens. If I went down this other track, maybe it's old dudes and beards. Right. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's the masters of time. Exactly. So I, I remained agnostic and nothing materialized. And then eventually everything went white void. And I was talking in the to middle my, of the night on a mountain. Yeah. It was right. just like, it was like this golden scintillating white. It was like I was disembodied from any physicality and my right. voice seemed to be coming from nowhere and somewhere. Uh-huh. And my friend's voice seemed to be coming from nowhere and somewhere. I, I couldn't locate it. that like sound tunnel thing. It was like, just, I should be able to tell sound. where this is coming from, you know, but I couldn't. And then that was related to the lights. So we had been watching these two lights on the horizon and we'd seen the stars move. The moon came up. Uh, we could see the towers for the radio stations. We could see LAX flight patterns. Mm-hmm. These things just didn't move. There were these two orange lights. Abnormal. And other things happened in the middle of that trip. <laughs> but then when it came time to leave, um, I was remarking to my friend about those lights and how they hadn't moved. And then they moved. They did. They they like went and did little GIF signatures. And then they came together and blinked out. And I had the strangest sensation, like I did with the voice earlier, that they could have been like inside my eyeballs. They could have been 80,000 miles away. There was that same sense of like, I couldn't put depth on that thing. Right. It seemed to be in the same place in the sky. But at the mm. moment when it blinked out, it felt like it was it was interdimensional. I don't know how to say it any oh. other way. It didn't. It, it was it gave me the same impression that the sound did when I went into the white void. The sound just seemed to be, I was inside the sound. How's it going over there? How's it going over <gasps> there? Hey! Hooray! I don't know what happened. Okay. <laughs> I don't either. I didn't touch anything. Did you I just work some magic or something? Turn I, it off yeah. and turn it on again. We had to do that with Aliens, all our gear. I hit it. I threw the computer against the wall, then plugged everything back in, and here we are. Ta-da! <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, thank you for rejoining us, Adrian. <laughs> and I was and I was like, I was listening to you about, you know, how you're the thought around you know, going and asking people for their experiences. And we had that thought as well with the observer. So just yeah, kind of right. like going with, okay, what have you observed? Right. You know, just tell us what you've observed. And you know, we actually did start a, that doing that a little bit more um to cultivate that, those questions. But we haven't amassed our 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 library yet of the people's responses. Well, and I got know? that idea from the lady that you did interview who is talking about how she feels like it's, you know, she's raised her family, she's done her jobs. It's it's like a safe time in her life for her to actually start talking about her experiences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's and that's the truth too. And like you were saying, you know, now you can say it without losing your job or or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're not totally written off as crazy. Right. And um and it's again, it's just an exploration. Like, really, what is that? Let's just let's just inquire. What is going on? You know, the the movie of the observers that really does touch on. You know, it, it the people in it they have been in the whole uh, UFO UAP reality for. Can you uh, tell uh, us what UAP years. stands for again? Yeah, I was just going there. Oh, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no. So, so UFO, of course, is unidentified flying object, and but the government and the government doesn't really want to acknowledge that there's UFOs, but there are UAPs, which are unidentified aerial phenomenon, and they will admit that there is UAPs. Oh, so, so it might be a cloud. 
Semantics. <laughs> right. An, Swamp gas. An aerial yeah. phenomenon is not necessarily an independent object doing things. Right. Which I, actually, right. I'm kind of more in line with that because of my own experiences. I feel like whatever we call aliens may not be the form that comes right. to our cognition. Although exactly. there right. are these universal experiences that I'm realizing <laughs> where uh, people all over the planet have seen the same creature. And there are right. a few like top species that, pe- that people all over the planet have seen the same creature at various times in history. Chupacabra. So, yeah. 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 Bigfoot. Or the, the um, oh, what are the ant beings? You know, a lot of people have seen these, you know, mantids type mantis. Yeah. The praying mantis type um, being a lot of people have seen that in, especially in like Arizona, in Grand Canyon area mm. and New Mexico area. That's a very popular place to have those reports, mm. you know, or um, my experience in Mount Shasta with, um, uh, you know, military glasses, you know, that you would look up to the sky. I, I, I just was shocked. I'm like, okay, this is like a freaking highway. I've never seen so much activity. And what is that activity? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, it's okay. Those slow moving things. Yep. Those are satellites or right. that's an airplane or, you know, you can kind of write that off or not write it off. Just stay open to what it might possibly be. But then something whips through the sky and zing zangs and goes, okay, that's not a satellite. Right. And so you kind of changing directions a lot. Wait a minute. Fast. It's changing directions fast a lot. So, you know, and I think that, you know, the tallest call to order for all of us right now is to not then, oh, well, hmm, cool. Well, let's go have a drink. And, uh, we'll mm. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> There's something that just happened. And don't you want to know what that is? And I think that's what that's for me. That's where I keep going. You know, that's the nature of my beast where I just, oh, I need to know what that is. I, right. I can't I can't just call it a day and write it off for a phenomenon I don't understand because there's just so much of that phenomenon going on in the world that we don't understand. And, and, you know, and it's like, um, Aisling, like what you were saying, it's like, well, you know, all this information is available. It's just that nobody really knows about it. So you really have to go and look for it, but they, all this information is there. It's all available. It's all in the public. They almost have to publish it, you know, to make it available to us so that, you know, it is like they're disclosing it, but they're not going to, you know, Walter Cronkite is not going to come on the six o'clock news and say, Hey guys, CIA files are open now. So have at it. (laughs) This is not going to happen. So we have to be, you know, proactive about what we really want to know and what we feel um, we're being lied to about, or just, you know, inquiry, inquiry. Well, most of us don't know what we don't know to inquire. There's that segment problem. That was all by design. Yeah. You know, well, and also, um, what do you think, what does you think, what do you think is the function in our neighbor's psyches where they have an abnormal experience and don't want to look into it further? What, what is that about the human experience uh-huh. in your opinion? Because I know lots of people like that where they might have a, a moment of reasonable doubt and they don't want, they're like, okay, moving on with my life. 
Well, you know, I think that's, I think that's fear. And then if you look beyond, well, what is the fear? And then if you keep moving towards that, it's like, well, if I am willing to believe that this might have been something that happened to me, then that's going to question my belief systems on all Mm. these different levels. And if you're questioning my belief systems on this level and this level, then I'm going to have to consider this level not to be true. And it really does challenge you to open your mind um, in different areas, because once you start accepting, you know, the possible answers to your questions and then really reasoning with them, then yeah, you are going to have to really challenge yourself to, um, do I believe this? Where have I been conditioned to believe something differently? Um, uh, you know, and, and so I think that a lot of people aren't ready for that kind of confrontation of the mm. self. Yeah. And so that's it. It's like, okay, no, never mind. I'm going to go mow my lawn. Like that, that just didn't happen. You know, unless it keeps happening. And <laughs> it's then- a Pandora's box. Like if you right. choose to open it up, there's no closing it back. And people, I think there's, when people get a hint of what's in that back box, some people make a conscious choice not to open it. Yeah. I, I just got to the point with my own um, issues with reasonable doubt where I, could, I, was, I was exhausting myself trying to Keep ignore, trying to ignore <laughs> how stuff didn't match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Things Dev- stop yeah. tracking. And, and a lot of people though, they really do. They, they, they've been raised. One of, one of your, one of your listeners just said something. Uh, Deb says, said, yeah, go ahead. Uh, she said, life, you can read it if you like. Okay, well, I, you know, I'm ahead of you, right? My entire <laughs> life, actually, it's all been a trip. Seriously, like, is this really happening? And I kind of, I really relate to that because, but we're as youngsters, we start seeing things that I, I guess we're told we're not supposed to pay attention to, or we're conditioned away from. Mm-hmm. So then that can, then more conditioning comes in around, we know we're different or outside. And we all are, we're all outside of this template that, they that the they the norm of society is going in this uh the norm of society this is the template for that and so we as children even we adapt this coping mechanism of not paying attention and Mm. of to that it's like oh wait wait that's really important to me i kind of feel weird i feel on the outside wait and then the more and more that doesn't get uh addressed the more and more you kind of forget it or you go into it, you know, I mean, right. depending on right. who you are and your, and your coping me- mechanism and shut down that imagination. Fit in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Shut down any kind of creative, um, flow. That's mm-hmm. that, that's all by design. But the younger you are, um, definitely the more by design that is, you know, when they started in that, and that's going to launch me into my next documentary, but the more, <laughs> uh, just, just, just the whole understanding of, um, when strong mind control came into our educational society and started basically leaning on, um, let's not ask questions. Let's just, here's the answer, fill it in the bubbles and yeah, I get it. let's move on. I get a social, I get an image in my head of like a social version of the roller coaster warning, which is keep hands and head inside the car, um, where we're just taught to stay within the tunnel vision because if you put your head out here or you put your hand out here, you're going to get whacked off by a pole or something. And there's you've seen mm-hmm. enough evidence that people who put their hands or heads outside the car that you do not put your heads up. And I think cognitively we do the same thing. If you go into this UFO stuff, you become that guy over there. 
Mm-hmm. And he has no friends yeah. anymore. So don't yes. become that guy over there. <laughs> yeah. And so it is like, just keep your head inside the car. And so most people will get along if they do that. But if you put your head out, you could get it whacked, one, because there is some weird stuff going on outside the consensus. And then there's the other part of just like just being, um, it's about, Ainsley breaks it down in terms of just, it's about losing love and yeah. acceptance of your community. Um, if I go here, they may not like me anymore. And it's more important yep. to be liked than to be aware of what's actually yeah. happening in the universe. But that's the advantage of being the person who's, you know, grows up in a situation where they know they're on the outside of a group. Now, of course, you know, that's, that's a, it's a sad place for a kid and they even label you, you know, antisocial. If you don't feel like Mm. you're supposed to constantly be fighting to be, you know, the popular one in the group, but you know, that's the conditioning that happens for us. If we look at that way, it's kind of like, well, no, I've never really been part of the group and I've been, and I have been, my walls have been fortified to withstand that. And now with that great conditioning that I've had of keeping myself um, fortified to withstand the unacceptableness about me in the group, if you will, then, um, then now you've conditioned that. And so you can go out and do those things that you see on the outside of the group. And you do have the strength to say, you know, yeah, sorry, I'm not going to go with the group. And guess what? I've tried to come into your group so many times and you wouldn't let me in. So now... I'm, I'm stronger for it. And, Mm. um, and I can see things outside of your group and I can see things outside of your narrative because I always been able to do that. And it's never been important to me to, you know, belong to the group, 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 uh, except for, you know, when I was little and like, and again, that's what I'm saying. It was like, well, I don't belong. Early on, you found out what's the benefit of that. Yeah, I think that's and a, it's a great a thing. Really, really important subject. It's actually one of the few questions that I wrote down that I wanted to talk to you about today or get your perspective on, which I think you already just said it. But to frame what you just said, the idea, I look at what happened with the last two years with what I call the coronavirus narrative. There are various stories, uh, but there's the main story. Keep your head and hands inside the car of the main story. Um, and I wonder... Maybe you can speak more to the idea of, because I know very accomplished people, very well-educated people, very intelligent people, very intuitive people who seem to go in a direction that doesn't make sense to me in terms of going along with a mainstream, obviously produced and obviously flawed narrative to me, obviously, but to them, they've stayed, they've, they stayed inside that narrative and it doesn't have to do with intelligence or how what how good of a person they are or how bad of a person they are it has nothing to do with that what is that i think you're touching on it with what you're saying like we call it uh, enhanced natural immunity bu- to bullshit because we were afflicted with a cult virus that we had to then heal ourselves from and so now we see cult virus as it moves around we have those military goggles that see the shit zip around in the sky like what is it about people? Is it is it some kind of condition? And I think this actually will lead us into the subject of your documentary, of sort of what we get to at the end of that documentary. Do you want to speak more about this? Why do some yeah, people like, go with the narrative and some people don't? Yeah, and what is that, you know? And and I mean, I could I could actually have a several hypotheses about that, but um, I think that 
you know, it, it is this, this, uh, you know, cult mentality. And, you know, I guess everyone just really gets offended when you hear that word. And as a, as you know, no, I just belong to a whole group of people who believe the same and think the same. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not a cult. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just that we all share the same beliefs in love and love, whatever the song is. Right. That was my childhood. That was my childhood. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, Thousands and you really, of Americans. <laughs> but you really do need to belong to something like that and then get on the outside of something like that to see how easily you were in that and mm. why and how. And, you know, because I too was seduced into a certain uh, community, if you will, mm. that had to do with, you know, being whistleblowers and secret space program and all, you know, the space and inter intergalactic travel, all those things. And we all, you know, we all shared the same belief system that that all existed and that we were open to it. But then there started coming in the rules of what you believe. Oh, boy. In that. Within, within that. And then, you know, and then those who were kind of questioning the narrative of those questioning the narrative, Ooh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, so then, and, <laughs> and then some like, people get so exhausted and scared, like primally scared. I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, but like no, we, yeah. as animals, we want to feel it like does. we know what's in our environment. And if you, you don't know? know what's in your environment, it might eat you. It's, it's uncomfortable to feel like you're oh, always open to everything. Say something again. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. no. Okay. Thank I, you. I thought the microphone wasn't <laughs> working. Like that. Yeah, it scared me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where Adam went again. So I was just like, wait, he, he knows he's supposed to stay close, but he's not. It's fine. Um, We're going to be fine. We'll be fine. It's going to be all these buttons um, out of the way. I love this topic. More stuff on it. Yeah. I, I just lost my train of thought too. So. I know. Sorry about that. Oh, uh, we were talking about how animals want to feel safe in their environment and being open to the unknown perpetually is why some people say, don't be too open-minded or your brain will fall out because right. it's yeah. scary. Yeah, it's fear. It's a lot of fear. And, you know, that's that's the that's also the whole essence of mind control in general is to instigate this very primal fear of death, mm. ultimately the fear of death, even if you will, you know, six feet you know, six feet apart, it's either six feet apart. Well, what's the alternative? Death. Six feet under. Yes. You know? oh. So, so it's like, uh, okay, that's going to, if you don't stand six feet from this person, you are going to die and no, that's not what they say, but it's what's implied. Yes. And so, you know, it, it burns into that layers of where you've, you've kind of, you know, who, not many people walk around constantly fearing death, except guess what we do. We just don't know that that's what the ultimate fear is. And there's no sense to fear death, but that's a whole nother topic. A, yeah, right. right. Um, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen and you don't have yeah. any control over it. <laughs> well, what underlies, what underlies that fear of loss of love or the fear of death, I think um, like the reason getting, and also the process of getting out of a cult, I think uh, we have to talk about trauma. Yeah. Because. And, and you do, it's, it's horrible too, when you try to get out of this cult, because you know, you're, you're going against the narrative. This is where all your friends are. This is where you've gotten all of your, um, uh, love. And, yeah. and in a lot of cases, you've denounced other areas of love in order to fit into yes. this new, this new belonging, this new belief system that you are really resonating to. So, you know, if I leave, if I go against this new understanding, this new cult, if I'm not if I think beyond the limits of what they're telling me to think, 
now I'm going to be really alone mm. because these guys have abandoned me and these guys have been, now everybody thinks I'm nuts. Maybe I'm nuts. Yeah, you know? right. like, it, it right. really is just like, okay, never mind. I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm going to go to happy hour. And then I yeah. don't even have to go down that road anymore. And I think that, you know, that's just why some people don't want to look, you know, I've, that's a I whole template. Yeah. That's a whole template for what we saw it all play out in really short order with the coronavirus narrative. There are people who started to see stuff, but then to entertain that stuff, Meant social ostra being socially ostracized or banned or canceled or jobless, you know. Right. We, we lost our radio station because and and, yeah. and it was early on. We weren't being malicious. We weren't like it's the government. We were like this doesn't make sense, and yeah. that was all it took mm-hmm. to make people in the thing where they were adhering to it feel unsafe. By we were making them feel unsafe. Yeah. And we had to take that into account, which is why we focused so much on trauma in season two. Is that we were realizing that. We, having had to question and invert our entire realities to become cognitively sovereign in our 20s, like we are comfortable with questioning what we're told. And we were bringing up questions and poking holes in stories and doing logic charts and things. And it was making people feel really unsafe. And they felt as though we were the thing that was unsafe, even though what we were pointing out is that this data (laughs) should make you feel unsafe. Right. You know, but because we were the messenger, you know, they were like, shut that down, shut that down. I need yep. to feel safe. And these are the people that are telling me how to feel safe. And so I have to keep trusting them and you're making me not trust them. So you're the problem. Yep. Yeah. And most yeah. of them probably couldn't even articulate it that well, you know, and I don't mean that in like a derogatory or condescending way. Well, that's the trauma part. Because we were they just go into to. a reactive mode because yeah. unsafe and that's all it takes to set off a chain reaction is unsafe. And then the chain reaction happens. Yeah, and, and you're and in a trauma mode, so you're not breathing. You don't mm-hmm. have good oxygen, and you're just going in a reactive mode. You're not thinking. You're reacting. And so that's the trauma thing, I think, is really, this is why we spent so much time last season was talking about trauma, because as soon as you – we have to be able to recognize our traumas when they get triggered, where we're not listening anymore, which is a hard one, or recognizing other people's traumas when you can see them going into a fight-flight mode mm-hmm. or where they're going to get defensive about the thing that you were just friends a minute ago. Like, that's obviously some kind of trauma response, and every word after that means little. Yeah. Until you can go back and say, oh, I'm talking to the mall cop of the of the person's mind, and they're not letting anybody in now. Mm-hmm. So all my words yeah. mean shit. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and that trauma, that you know, the, the pattern too for trauma really is that if you're if you're feeling trauma that's or if you're you're going through this trauma and and then you let information in when you're in a state of trauma that's actually the process of that information controlling you in 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 the in the sciences and the mind sciences of of um of mind control that's one of the strategies is that in you know inflict trauma inflict trauma inflict trauma and now before you can completely uh recover i'm going to give you a mantra <laughs> and that mantra is you know in, in other words okay so oversimplification or I don't, know, I don't know what it is but uh um okay well there's a mass shooting at a school the the, the world is traumatized by that and the the mantra that comes after that is ban the guns, ban the guns, mm. ban the guns, ban the guns. This is where we're and talking. So, yeah. And this is what and this is what that's the setup. The setup was, OK, there's this horrific sh- thing that happened. 
you know, this shooting yes. of maybe maybe children. And so everyone's just like gasping for air that this would actually happen in a, in, in a world, you know, the United States or, or, or anything or whatever. It's, it's horrible. And now being traumatized, here comes the antidote. Mm-hmm. The antidote mm-hmm. is ban the guns, ban the guns, ban the guns. Is that, and then everyone jumps on that because they it's want the nice, trauma to go away. They thing. want some kind of resolution. They mm-hmm. want that automatic thing. So like, great. But is that really the answer? This you takes know, us is that... to that, that scientific concept that, sci- that psychologists agree doesn't exist, which is the concept of the mass formation, um, mm-hmm. um, which is an English version of, a, of some European language term for this, but what they're basically talking about is mob psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the mass formation came about during the coronavirus, came back into the public scene during the coronavirus story to talk about how do intelligent, well-meaning people get wrapped into this experience. Yeah. And it's just like you're saying, there's a traumatic event and people want to feel like they know what the solution is, who the bad guy is, what can I do to help, and how do I know which team I'm on? And, and it's just like a war, only it's such an amorphous war with such an amorphous bad guy. And, and, and people were given these things. They were given, here is the problem, here is the solution, here's the savior who's going to give you the solution, here's how you can be involved, and here's how you know how to look around you and see who's on your team and who's not. Yeah, exactly. Which and is what's been this, going on for decades and decades. Other subjects. Yes, but it, it became other subjects. it became much more like I feel like much more plastic like like crystallized. Crystallized it, 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 and obvious. Like, it's like, it, yeah. It's like they crystallized the method and, and served it up to the American people and actually the entire world. And <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, on the one hand, it's been a perfected method. And on the other hand, guess what? You've used it on it, us so many times. Well, a whole lot of us can actually see what you're doing. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's the plus of that. But, you know, it's like, you know, you're talking about the mantras too. It's like, here's the trauma. Here's the trauma. Here's your mantra. Wear a mask. It's only a mask. Wear a mask. It's only a mask. If you're not, if you don't, if you don't wear a mask, you are a bad person because you don't care about people. If you uh, get the vaccine, get the vaccine uh, because it it saves lives and it's, it's, it, it will, um, it lessens the symptoms. It lessens the symptoms. Uh, this is this this is the mantra, but nobody backs up and goes, "Well, wait, 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 wait." Vaccine doesn't that mean provide immunity? Yeah. No, 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 no. It used to. It used to. Not all <laughs> vaccines no, are a hundred percent effective. Okay. And all right, let's just change. Let's just change our definition yes. then of vaccine. Yes. Everything. It's really confusing everybody. So let's just change our, our whole definition. No vaccine no longer needs to provide immunity, according to the CDC. I think they changed that like last week. And um, you know, and so, but it's like okay, well, it doesn't provide immunity, but also it's making people sick. Um, mm. And you know, it's and and that is that is documented. No, no, just, cli- climate change is making people sick. Yeah. Uh, right, I know, and and the free crack pipes are and okay, we'll refer- we'll referees go. referees blowing the whistles on the sports fields is what's causing, causing heart, heart attacks. attacks and right. actually shaking your duvet cover. Now that one's satire. Okay, it's we all have to be satire. Very clear. It's all no, no, satire. we have to be very clear because <laughs> all of those other headlines are real we're things real headlines. that people are being spoon fed by the news for why we're having so many heart attacks. And guess what? Now Moderna is creating a revolutionary new way that mRNA treatments could help with cardiac issues. Yeah. 
Yeah, isn't that amazing? Wow. I, I do like a whack-a-mole thing where I, I hide the satire in three things that are real and you try to find it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Breathing too much in the day causes heart attacks. That's a real headline. That was a real headline. Yeah. Are you kidding? No. Nope. Um, if you breathe like 5% more than the average person, it increases your odds of a heart attack. Or the other one was like, uh, yeah, are the whistles of the referees a possible cause of all the people having heart attacks Another on one the is soccer pitch. Too much childhood freedom. So children who are given too much freedom as, uh, as, as right. children um, are prone uh, to have heart attacks. Are, are in a destabilized state. And oh, so they're more wow. prone to cardiac issues. That, and then there was isn't one. That a huge one though? That's huge. Yeah. When you think about it. So, oh, what they're doing so, with that narrative. Yeah. So get those kids then and, you know, do not give Lock them, them down. Lock, Lock them down. Lock them down. Lock them down. Put them on a mask. For their well, they'll own have a heart good. attack. They might have a heart attack if you give them too much freedom. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All that being said, I feel like I have to come in and say, like, we really fucking care yeah. about all the people who are dying. Yes. And and oh. we're, we're suspicious of the narrative of why they're dying. Yeah. I think we well, could. We should ask that. questions. Yeah. We you should know, be asking I mean, I've, questions. I've lost people. I've lost people too, and I do understand why I've lost them too, and that's kind of maddening for me as well. It's probably got to be difficult because you might have a different understanding of why you lost people than some of your friends and loved ones. I believe that that's probably true. And that's why it's even more maddening for me because I know it didn't need to happen, but that's yeah. just, you know, my, my belief system and my understanding of, of the way this is all working. And, um, and, uh, you know, I've got people in my family who absolutely do not agree with my thought system. You know, they, they yeah. absolutely, are not supportive. Do you have but loved ones? The ones that matter. Yeah. Matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those who <laughs> mind don't matter. Those who matter don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you have, um, uh, I think talking about sexual orthodoxies and, uh, um, alien orthodoxies and government orthodoxies are ways that we can kind of discuss how people get brainwashed, how we can change our minds, how weird it is without getting super close to something that's like religion. You know, if you try and go up to somebody and talk to them about how Catholics like, suck, like or God whatever. is unprovable or right. whatever, mm -hmm. then that's going to be really alarming. But we could talk about how we could have a conversation about how maybe like lifelong heterosexual monogamy isn't the only relationship that's valid. You know, and and you can have that massaging conversation about belief systems and how to change your mind in a way that's not as defensiveness making. And so I really mm -hmm. appreciate you coming on today to talk about um, a subject that's kind of it's not it's for the people that haven't experienced um, something to do with UAPs. Then right. then it's not it's not alarming. It doesn't make you feel like you need to defend your cave with a spear if we talk about whether aliens exist or not. Yeah. You know, so I think it's very, I think it's a good tool for talking about how to change our mind about something that isn't as defensiveness making. And I wish there was a word for defensiveness making. Um, yes, there is. Somebody can, somebody submit. Yeah, I just never, comments. I just never remember it. Um, just being defensive, making somebody def just to rephrase the something that doesn't make people. No, I will find an adjective. Okay. I will find an adjective. <laughs> well, and, and also, you know, with this new thing, I mean, as long as we're still talking about aliens, the, 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 the whole thing around the government and the, the UAPs, if you will, um, that's been, the Pentagon had a study for decades that had, you know, Louis, Louis Elizondo 
Lou, Louis Elizondo heading that. And uh, was he CIA? Isn't he CIA? What difference does it make? Uh, you know, it's like here, he, there's all these reports. There is just 100%. Yes, there are unidentified things out beyond our Earth scope perspective that our military and our government sees and knows about. They don't know what it is. And this is what they're telling us. They have told us this. Yes. And I mean, even watch, there's a Lou Elizondo 60 minutes. So mm. there's mainstream media where he's literally saying it, we are being watched and we don't know what it is. And the government knows all about it. And so, you know, it's, it, so it's, it's, it's a matter of what you expose yourself to, but you know, everyone who's saying, well, no, this, this challenges my belief system. I don't believe it. Well, on when you get to that level, okay, this is happening. The government is telling you that this is happening. They've been studying it for a really long time. What more do you need? Like, well, like again, Walter Cronkite coming into your living room at six o'clock and saying mm -hmm. this, this is the narrative now. Mm -hmm. And we all accept it. Jump on. And it's, you know, it, it, yeah, and yet we don't have any answers because we can only give it to you. The truth can only be offered to the American people at the level and the speed that they're willing to accept it. And, and able. So, and able. And able, yes. for sure. And which, yeah. Fight. I think the, no, the other, <laughs> the other side of that, this is like, I'm synesthetic. So the, I keep getting these metaphors that run into my head. And um, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, who stopped being able to walk and they rolled him around in a wheelchair. They, for a long time, hid the fact that he was in a wheelchair and only made sure that people saw him from waist up because it would be bad to have a president who was infirm. Um, and I think that's what, it's bad to have a government that is infirm. And the infirmity of the government is that it knows everything and says everything as, as daddy says it, except for that part, which causes the kids maybe not to have the same faith that they had in daddy. And I think part of the, yes, we'll admit it, but it's over here and you have to come look for it. Those, that's for the people who have already lost their faith in daddy. Mm -hmm. So they've gone to say, well, what's going on and how come this isn't making sense? And then, then you're treated as the bad kid as an example to the good kids. Mm. Yeah. To don't question daddy. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see the whole thing. Yeah. The U S no, government nice. is, is Roosevelt. We're only seeing from the chest up the part that's functioning and the rest of it's completely infirm. Yeah. To keep people from going crazy. Yeah. People have yeah. to believe that your vote matters in the presidential election. Otherwise, Ugh. why are we here? Right. Yeah. Oh gosh, don't get me started on voter fraud. <laughs> can we uh, can we talk about your latest project? We would like to. Is it okay? Yes, if, please. If we show the. Yes, uh, please. We're going to show the trailer, and then okay. uh, we'll come back and talk about this new project. And I think everything that we were talking about before leads in very nicely to this to the well, subject of this film. It's like we knew the segue. Right. Wow. Amazing. Well, and we're not like going away. We can still be here while it's going. Yeah. We can talk over your trailer. <laughs> we're not going to talk over the trailer. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's make this theater mode. Go big. Yeah, girl. I'm a movie Adrian down here. Sweet. Movie Adrian right there. Okay. Let's do this.
Oh, wait. Nope. Audio, follow, video. I know this now. I have a, a third button I have to push in order to make this happen for folks. Here we go. It was so hard oh, to come running out of a hell that nobody believed existed. My name is Kathy O'Brien, and I'm a survivor of MKUltra Mind Control. The MKUltra program was to ultimately control the minds of the population for implementing what Adolf Hitler first termed the New World Order. When girls reached age 30, they were murdered or they were sacrificed. I was going to be killed as well. I was to go out in a blaze of glory and be, be burned alive. I'm so fortunate that an intelligence insider who saw the kind of corruption that was going on in the highest levels of government decided to take action and rescued me and saved my life so that we could begin to expose what was being done. Yay. Yeah. That was that's um that trailer. Yes. Here, let me go back away from that. We'll be back here. Uh that trailer was very beautiful. It gives me feelings. Yeah. I have so many mixed feelings. Part of me <laughs> is just like that. wants to like shake my fist, and the other part is like she's being so calm, cool, and collected after what I know she's been through. And the fact that it makes me feel like how many people on the street are saying, Oh, hello, good day who have got these similar horrific stories in their background, whether it was through MK Ultra or just like our ability to like just continue functioning, continue functioning after some of the most tremendous fuckery that you could imagine. What does Spock say? I just need everyone to continue performing admirably. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we just do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's what, you know, that, that one, that part of what you just said though, about, you know, you, you really don't get how rampant this is, you know, the, the human slavery and, um, being a victim of this. Yes. It, it all happened earlier, but it, it continues on. And the, and the interesting part about, you know, that, this obviously spans a great deal of information, this particular documentary. It starts with Project Paperclip when we brought the uh, Nazi scientists into our government and gave them key positions um, to um, something I didn't know about until like a year ago. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and that was in the guise of theoretically over we're in a race for space, but it really wasn't. If you really look at it, it was actually a race for mind control because, you know, from where I come from um, in the layers of information we we already have we know all about space <laughs> we know <laughs> we know and you know we know I mean, enough just, to keep exploring <laughs> yeah we'll we'll keep exploring and and we we as the people don't know as much as we as the um juris governing jurisdictions right they right, already right. know so like cool we got this down so now we need to control now we need to get control of the minds of these of the american people and and um, one of the, um, and to speak to my point that I was starting to make mm. after I started doing the conferences and, um, started, um, this kind of work, uh, and, and created that segue and that safe place for others 
to kind of like come up, they would come up to me and I have had so many women, mostly women come up to me and say, I had no idea people were talking about this, 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 thank you. Thank you for putting it out there because, you know, when I was, a, you know, my father sold me into this group and blah, oh, blah, wow. blah. And the stories, the stories, I'm just shocked at how many people have been touched by this and how many people suspect they've been touched by it because, they can't really completely know. They only have flashes of memory and that's by design, you know, right. the whole, the, like Kathy was know, talking it, about, you're not supposed to remember it. Right. You know, it's, it's, that is by design. It's all the, the trauma, the trauma and the torture uh, creates the compartments mm -hmm. of, of the altars that you ultimately uh, you won't remember it. You don't even know you're doing it until that is engaged. And then, you know, sci-fi touches on this a lot all the time. Um, they touch on this concept of, of like, uh, um, um, the Winter Soldier in Marvel was manipulated in a Nazi-like program to be able to be a perfectly normal person until someone comes up and says a particular string of code words to him, and then he becomes a super soldier and remembers the mission he's supposed to be on and goes and murders a bunch of people, and then they turn him off and send him back into society as a normal person again. Manchurian candidate, yeah. And I was just going to say that, and that's exactly... And that's exactly the pattern. And and that that I think most people right think there, that, that it only exists sci in sci-fi. No, most I think most most people think not. it's only in sci-fi. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. But, but we I, can't I do actually do this. Like it's 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 Ex yeah. except we actually can. We actually can do it and have done it and are doing it. To and people. are doing it. Yeah. The cult that I was raised in had mind control techniques that the males were given to uh program their children. Mm -hmm. So it was very yeah. much trauma state so they scare the shit out of you and then it's an eye-to-eye -eye lock and then it's the world fades out for a minute and you only yeah. hear what daddy's saying and you only hear what daddy's saying it's just like going yeah. down a tunnel Oof. yeah yeah and the thing is is that i think people when you say mind control people think uh you know the big huge oh mind control oh gosh who would ever do that and then like it's a know, robot you and just then, yeah like yeah, Professor and then who X. am I? Why would they want to mind control me? I'm nobody. And well, and it's like, well, <laughs> mind control, you know, that can just be, mind control is as simple as the conditioning that you get when you're born and you hear like the repetitive tape loops of your parents, you know, tie your shoe, tie your shoe, or, <laughs> you know, I mean. It, the it, ice cream truck is mind control. Ding. Yeah. Well, yes. You hear gotta the, go get the, the, gotta the, go outside. Yep. The music kept going on and it's right. like, okay, huh? you know, the anxiety comes in because you need to go get the money so that you can go run to the to the ice cream truck. And really, that could have just been the musical trigger, right? Uh -huh. right? That, right. Could, that could have just been the sound of the ice cream truck's music in your bathroom. And all these things are going through you, you know, intellectually, your body is feeling things, your, you know, your mouth is watering because you're <laughs> anticipating those sugary things you're going to go by. Yeah. I mean, really, and that's all been triggered by a sound. Right. And and that's something that we participate really in semi-voluntarily. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, but did we did we participate in the conditioning voluntarily? Semi, semi, semi-voluntarily. It just because, happened, right? Because, right. Because the conditioning yeah. is, uh, we've been conditioned in that case to have excitement for a positive outcome. It's still right. conditioning, but it's a positive outcome that we want, you know? Right. And, and that's why oftentimes if kids are told no about the ice cream truck, the breakdown seems disproportionate because, mm -hmm. the, because they're not just experiencing, I might get ice cream tonight 
like a normal moment, they're experiencing the phenomenon of the ice cream truck conditioning, which, like you said, involves the musical trigger and the anticipation and the remembrance of all previous events attached to that musical trigger. So when they're told no today, for some reason, the breakdown seems disproportionate to the parents Mm. because they're having a breakdown of the entire story. Right. My religion of ice cream is (laughs) failing. (laughs) What led... What led you, out of all of the rabbit holes you went down, what led you to make this your project? <laughs> and you can always say I, next subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, well, okay. Uh, Kathy was, Kathy O'Brien's story, I actually remember it, that story and her testifying Um when I was younger, you know, and, and I do remember that. Um, so that was, that was one part. She was also um, featured in our movie, a thousand pieces. And I just got really realigned and started talking to her then. But I too have my own experiences around um, things in my life that um, programs mm-hmm. that um, uh, slowly been revealing revealed to me mm. around where, where I may have, have been tripsing around in the universe in my past, but also I, I, I put that on the side. I, but I do, I do see that as a, as a trigger and a motivation, the more I understand, the more I'm seeing, but you know, that's like a more personal perspective. But if you look at this broad stroke of mind control, I see it everywhere. And, you know, and like I was saying, mind control is, is, is massive and it's also very very small and and when we there has been this huge sacrifice of our consciousness and we don't even realize that we've given away our consciousness that the choices that we're making for ourselves you know blue or red okay bad 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 pink or blue (laughs) or um you know uh meat from the grocery store or you know raised in a different way right from this private farm all of these tiny tiny little choices that we're making where did they come from why do we automatically make the choices that we make and i think that if you just spent one day chronicling your choices and the why and the why and the where did that come from and why did i make that choice Mm. just just out of curiosity you might get to the point where you don't know why you're making a great deal of the choices that you're making, mm. or you you're making those choices because, you know, when you were five, you decided that, you know, meat from the grocery store was fantastic and you really didn't care about the antibiotics. I have, so like, or, or whatever. Yeah. No, um, I have two examples about that. One, one was I had an Airbnb guest a couple years ago mm. who had let his hair grow super long. He was doing it before it was cool. It was not a pandemic hairstyle. He was just letting his hair go really long. He's like, I know I need to cut it for work and whatever. And, and I was just chatting with him while I like cooked or something. I was like, Oh, did somebody nick your ear when you were a kid? You know? And he was like, <gasps> just what? like had never wondered why he doesn't like haircuts. Right. And, and suddenly he remembered the traumatic moment that that had happened to him when he was a kid. And so he always puts them off as long as possible because he just the, his inner animal only remembers that haircuts are dangerous. 
And the second example is for me when <laughs> I, when I, so I'm the oldest of seven children. We were homeschooled. So I was in the home with my mother and my six younger siblings 24 seven until I went away to college, um, at 21 and then got married the next year. So, um, I was full-time mommy's helper and cooking and cleaning and helping with the kids. And we were also, you know, on a budget when you have seven kids working to try and shop in bulk shop, um, as cheaply as possible, you know? So for me, I had little imprints, like someday when I move out, I can buy cottage cheese and eat the whole thing myself instead of only a quarter cup, you know? (laughs) Um, and one of the things that I realized when I moved out into the world on my own was that I ascribed more righteousness to buying raw, fresh vegetables because they, when you're cooking for 10 people, it does save money to buy a two pound bag of carrots and make your little minion daughter peel them and cut them and boil them that way, right? And what I realized was that as myself, coming into my own value as opposed to just my value to the community, whatever the community is, whether that my value to my Christian husband or my value to my siblings or my value to my parents or my value to serve my church, my value exists without relationship to other people. And therefore it's okay for me to not want to spend a half hour chopping vegetables before I get to eat. And (laughs) therefore it is okay for me to buy the little, um, flat package in the produce section of pre chopped stew vegetables. Yeah. They've already been chopped. They've already been washed and I just dump them in the crock pot. And that was like a big, I still find myself like reaching for things in the grocery store that are by their very nature. That choice is devaluing my time that my time matters and my experience matters. And it's, it's, it's okay for me to not chop the vegetables myself. You know, it's okay for me to not chop the chicken. I can get the boneless, skinless chicken tenders chopped in cubes and just dump them in the saucepan when I get home. Like that was, that was, yeah, that's huge. I, I, I get that. It's like, but you know, breaking through that, that mind, literally a mind control. Right bubble of stew and and that's actually, <laughs> but it's a but that's a real that's a thing and and you know obviously that's a more that's a much more simplistic if you will right um, um like you were saying these little decisions throughout the day they're little decisions and, and i'm only in those types of examples to me that that's that's to kind of just get people kind of thinking about the possibility of you know control and mind control because let's go to the the fact that you know there was an mk ultra program with 150 plus sub programs where our government was experimenting on people who did not volunteer to be experimented on and that's what they were doing they were literally trying to understand can we get can we make people do things against their will, even against self-preservation? Mm. That was one of their topics, you know? Can we, can we get them to do things against their will, even self-preservation? And they could. They eventually got to the point where they proved that they could make that happen. And then that escalated to um, understanding that now they actually, they started working with harmonics Mm. and frequencies and vibrations as the trauma 
And then, you know, rather than the horrible, sadistic things they were doing um, to instill trauma into mostly youth, because younger people have the ability to absorb these things way easier than adults. So it was mostly children. The, the younger they could get them, the better. Imprint and vulnerability, so, yeah. Yeah, very vulnerable, exactly. And, and no pre and less preconditioning. Um, and in Kathy's case, which was, you know, in the very early beginning of this, of the projects, um, she was born into a multi-generational incest-based family. So she, so she was prime candidate. That's who they were looking for. Mm. They were looking for kids who were um, a part of an incest kind of situation because that kind of trauma, especially delivered in infancy, is going to completely make that person suggestible and vulnerable and easy to control. Mm. And they've already developed some of the compartmentalizations in their brain in order to survive the trauma of sexual abuse in infancy and then in toddlerhood. So they they were actually those were those were really good subjects that that you know that's what the the of what can I call them the bad dudes were of 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 these programs that's right. what they were looking for well i think when you, you have know, because a, i don't want to say government i mean right. it, it was our it was our government it wasn't all of our government you know right. and i i don't like taking that broad stroke and saying our entire government did, did this but right. um there it, it was a corrupt faction of our government mm -hmm. and that is and that's that's documented everywhere this is not conspiracy yeah when you have that um when you have a I, that term intergenerational incest, you have a culture of parents telling kids or uncles telling kids or whatever that uh, what happens in the house stays in the house. This is this world, but you don't say anything at school. Right. You don't say anything at church. You don't say anything to your friends. So I, is that sort of like the compartmentalization that you're talking about? That, that's what comes to no. mind when I hear about brains being compartmentalized because that's a public private thing. Where what happens here doesn't come into here. Yeah. But what kind no, of compartmentalization more, are you talking it's about? Actually, it's actually more of a biological um, response to trauma. It's what the brain does with trauma. The brain naturally, um, as, a, as, a, as a sane defense against trauma, it naturally compartmentalizes the, the neural pathways that are being created uh, by the trauma, by the new experience, those neural pathways in your brain are now creating a, a little a, a compartment, if you will. Mm. Uh, you've got you've got your regular consciousness, you, who you are. That that's being shut down. That 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 can't that consciousness cannot even tolerate the fact that you are experiencing this horrific trauma. That, so that shuts down. And the other compartments, if you will, open. And it is within those compartments that these new programs can be installed. So it's like trauma mantra, you know, and mm. that, that mantra that is then installed into the brain, if you will, during that, that process is maybe sex programs, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, this is when you hear the word, uh, you know, jambalaya, uh, and then it's followed with this key phrase and this number, you are going to take on the persona 
of a sex kitten and we and we have taught that alter everything it needs to know and, and what do you mean by the word al- alter oh you mean like alter ego an alter ego okay. alter personality mm. alter alter personality okay. that, that comes out and now that's the personality in charge but that personality that's in charge isn't taking directives from the self it's taking directives from the handler and the programmer Mm -hmm. who originally put that those those little buttons and things uh i'm I'm calling them buttons and things Mm -hmm. as if there were really buttons but they're not you know triggers Triggers. right the triggers and so they they did a lot of that work for espionage for um you know, they, they could give a child a message, you know, our 10 year old, 15 year old, a message to deliver to China. They put them on a plane, go deliver this message. The kid gets there. Hi, purple, green, and pink gets back on the plane and comes back. That's, it was that simple. And it was, you know, also way, way more advanced where they would use, you know, like in Kathy's, uh, in Kathy's case, where they used her as a, they used her for espionage and they also used her as a sex slave to, um, a blackmail um a great deal of world leaders and that was her you know but she wasn't conscious and she wasn't aware of it right uh, so and she couldn't never, she couldn't tell right she had so many different conscious she lost her control over her real consciousness she says i remember when i had my last free thought mm. she was six years old and you know from there on she was no longer in charge. She couldn't even think to eat. She was, everything she did was controlled by her handlers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, and she gave up and, uh, you know, the, the, the traumas that she experienced, uh, we actually don't go full on into the details of the traumas that she has experienced, she experienced, but um, they are in her book, Trance. Um, but it's, it's almost not necessary because we've moved on so quickly and, and in, in um, the development of these mind control programs, they learned so much. And what they ultimately learned was that, okay, we don't actually need the blood rituals and this, time, this kind of trauma where someone's being raped continuously on an altar and, you know, while they're being, you know, the, 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 the blood of a goat is being dripped all over you. Right. That, that's a real thing. You know, that is what they did, not because they believed in any satanic ritual, but they but because they believed and they knew that that would work. That, that would that cause would traumatize the trauma. The heck out of you. Yeah. Yeah. So that causes the trauma. And then insert, you know, OK, you're 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 ready to accept anything after you're traumatized to some of those levels Mm -hmm. then you're just okay program me yes okay fine i give all right yeah i will now go do this thing because you know some of these traumas were so horrendous but what they ultimately under came to understand after decades of secret studying and researching and and experiments they ultimately came to understand that they actually could instill that same mechanism through vibration and sound and harmonics and they could actually control those harmonics silently a lot less messy so, a more humane brainwashing yeah yeah more humane and 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 a lot of so when we know that you know we're watching you know it's like kind of what we're saying oh we're watching these tv shows and wow that's it's kind of talking about exactly 
you know, like what's happening in space or, or these things. It's like, even in the TV shows, they're basically, they're telling you what's happening. And then also they're telling you what they want you to believe these about are what's happening, right? About what's happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that's one way of this, you know, conditioning in that. And then music, you know, they really work with the harmonics, the harmonics come in and create the vibration and the lyrics that are, that are sent with uh, those harmonics mm-hmm that's what you need to watch out for that's what's being fed into our brain it's like the harmonics create the container and the lyrics right. are now creating you know the the, the mantra that you will not the program thank yeah. you and and that's you know a very simplistic thing and then you move on from that and you see that well indeed our military they do have a very great that we know about you know the 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 weapons that we know about which we also should realize were we know about uh they're about 50 years to 100 years more advanced than anything we know about right you know that that you know that you can put that on the conspiracy shelf if you want but um (laughs) you know because i don't i don't have time to provide the proof for all that right right now but i am saying that yes they are way advanced from what we know about Mm -hmm. and so you've got you know just what they want to tell us about you know the 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 mind the the DARPA weapons you know the 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 weapons the crowd control weapons where really they just release this frequency you can't hear it but man you should see those people run you can YouTube that you know right, the the, right. wep- the weaponries it's like here comes this intensity and, and you can see the subjects they're just grabbing their heads and they're running away from this you know sound vibration that nobody else can hear and that they say yeah we developed that for crowd control and but okay since we're not so sure our government can be trusted to be doing it for our good or telling us even the truth because after all didn't didn't these programs start taking place you know the cia was started in 1947 the uh national security act was then uh, uh the national security council was also formed so that they could put the national security act on top of anything that the cia didn't want you to know that all happened in 1947 and then oh roswell crash happened in 1947 i mean i want to do a documentary on 1947 Mm. like seriously so much stuff happened that year you should check it out having watched all the things that you shared with us and then going into the jfk stuff and then going even further into you know the psychedelic drug wars and things like that and it's like i i'm beginning to feel as though we didn't win world war ii we didn't thank you like i'm starting to be like i feel like maybe they just all got together and decided to tell the west that they won but actually it was a giant massive undercover business deal with the powers the evil power and they and they just infiltrated like the infiltrated the west and they're just running things under the guise of these these um these seemingly democratic countries like I'm like, yes, it kind of all started back then. <laughs> all of those scientists were allowed to enter our, 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 the West, you know, like the nice half of the planet or whatever you want to what call it. What are you going to do today, Pinky? They were recruited. They, they, they were recruited, you know, I mean, right. they, 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 you know, but Warner we were, Braun. we were Dude, told man, we canceled yeah. the Nazis back then. And that was the end of it. Go democracy, yeah. you know, but, but yeah. it's like every, if you go back, like when was the first time, when was the last time the U S government was this beautiful beautiful thing that people remember it being founded as 
you know, white people mostly, but like, when was, <laughs> when like there was, there were some ideals and there was some community and there was some democracy and there was some sense that your representatives were representing you and that maybe we were out to actually do good shit on the planet. And then it seems as though like pretty much somewhere in world war two, we started getting lied to about everything. Yeah. New media film yeah. became a thing. Yes. Yeah. And that's where, you know, Project Mockingbird, uh, you know, all these projects that came in, the Project Mockingbird was designed to uh, bring misinformation to the masses. And, you know, that's and again, what was, not, can you not conspiracy. That's real. Can you and, give a rundown know, of what Project Mockingbird was? Well, that's basically it. Project Mockingbird was an attempt to um, infiltrate the CIA to infiltrate our uh, media and televisions at the time it was television and our movies. trusted news sources. Yes. Our trusted. Which I think it's probably a propaganda campaign term. Yeah, actually. Oh, you're right. You know, our trusted news sources. Yes. This, this is a, what, what's that other line that they keep saying now? This is a danger to our democracy. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. This, you know. So yeah, so these, these, huh. these are the mantras that we heard, you know, and, and, the the in like a, you know in this whole like hanging on like i used to say you know i remember peter jennings being when i was growing up that was at world news tonight peter jennings that was god yep. in, in our house you know and so whatever he said that was what was going on well who owned abc what 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 was controlling abc oh gosh disney had a little foot in there and you know you can just follow the the follow the i could keep going with <laughs> <laughs> so many rabbit holes so little time yeah, and 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 how many people oh like and really if you trace if you trace who owns who in all of the corporations and companies and things like that you really do go only get to a couple yep that own everything even though okay I'm, i know I'm, I'm now on a little tangent but i mean look at Blackstone that owns some of Pfizer, mm -hmm. that owns some of Spotify, that owns the company that bought, you know, Neil Young's music. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, they just got together one Sunday and said, I don't know, let's just create a distraction. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, what do you think? Joe Rogan. Well, let's do that with Joe Rogan. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> we just shut this shit down. Yeah. <laughs> do and that way they won't even pay attention to the fact that Jazane Maxwell oh. just had her, her whole thing. And we're not telling you anything about the people oh, wow. that she exposed. We're not going to do that. Don't worry. Go look over there. Joe, Joe Rogan, go fight, right. go fight that because there's all these other things going on that we really don't want you to see. And we know you're going to jump on this. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He's died. Oh, wait a minute. Let's throw in the N word. Oh, that'll oh, yeah, get yeah, everyone yeah. Even going. Worse. Let's just, I mean, look at that. That's like, they were, they're literally making a gypsy stew of, of, um, of, you uh, can't division. Yeah. You can't not and, have an yeah. opinion about somebody that uses the N word. You have to have an opinion. Okay. I'm sharing a link. This is a thread reader thread from Twitter where the guy has done a really nice job of, uh, outlining the political attack on Joe Rogan detail, bringing it back to the videos produced by certain dudes that is paid for by a super PAC. He's done the homework. So it's not just some conspiracy that those guys said, let's do this. It's actually, we have the business licenses of the people who are doing this. So mm -hmm. I just put a link in the Facebook comments that shows the, um, if you want to know how that political attack was formed and who's behind it, you can do that rather than just feeling like you have to have an opinion on Joe Rogan. 
Yeah, cool, cool. Right, folks. Um, so we have 16 minutes left. Oh, my God. Uh, I Are know, we- right? I feel like we're just sort of wafting along the surface of all the stuff that we have to talk yeah. about with you, Adrian. It always feels like that. Um, how do you stay sane? <laughs> I, or, I mean, like, not. I'm not. You're trying, assuming. I'm not trying to put you in a box of sanity at all. Um, Thank you. But like, how do you how do you maintain a feeling of integration with yourself and the world around you? That's a lovely question. Um, I kind of feel like I've amassed a lot of tools um, throughout my life leading up to this moment when I decided to really need those tools, <laughs> um, and. I think ultimately for me, remembering um, always that love is a is a much stronger force. And I know that sounds really simplistic, mm. but it is one of the places that I go is that love that 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 love and humanity in general are amazing and brilliant. And 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 we are brilliant. And a lot of the bad actors, they're they're really just bad actors because they have been brainwashed and blackmailed and yes. they wouldn't ordinarily make those choices, but they are making those choices. So I, I keep that in mind. But then also I live on a massive property with um, you know, I have six horses and oh. peacocks and dogs and cats and mm-hmm. bears and nature. lions and oh my. nature. And oh my, I know. Oh my. And <laughs> and I I and my uh my family is around me. Um, not my not my mother and sister. They're on the other side. They don't talk to me anymore. But oh, they talk to me, but they don't talk to me. <laughs> right. And um, you know, and so so I I think that the basic things that humans really need to feel um their love and belonging and their sense of belonging to me is this um, alignment with the earth, your place in nature and the natural order of things and love from, you know, family or, you know, animals. I mean, when I'm having a bad day, I head to the pine tree grove. I sit down in my little meditation spot. And before I know it, I've got six horses standing around me just with their heads going, Hey, Hey, what's going on? Mm. And, you know, so honestly, that, that is my, my, grounder you know that's where i ground myself and 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 that's where i sit and go ah so done i'm not doing this anymore this is just no i it's just ah, i can't you know mm-hmm. it's heavy and it's and it's dark and gosh there i just lost another friend and oh, oh look i got another friend mm-hmm. and you know it's you know it's 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 a very interesting thing but it's a little bit exhausting but then i'm also you know i'm almost 60 years old i've raised three children i have a grandson uh, I've had so many careers. I'm certified to be certified. I mean, I've got so many certificates. I've done so many different things. And so I just really feel like I've had a perspective of different things in my life and different stories. And I've, and I've amassed different tools. And now here I am at this place in my life where I actually can take all of this and go and mm. actually say to you, I don't give a fuck what you think. Mm. Like, I just really don't. I, and I think if I were 20 years younger, 30 years younger, I, I don't know that I would have been able, I, I was saying that I was yes, definitely saying harder. that because I've always been such a, such a, exactly the way I am. But, uh, now I have got some confidence that kind of, you know, and I think that comes with age where your, uh, wisdom has finally caught up with your experience 
and or your experience has finally caught up with your wisdom i should say it that way you know it's like you 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 are a certain way your whole life and you're making choices but now all of my experiences have led me to this point where it matches my uh ability to discern and my own wisdom based on my experiences in my life that i've had up until this point and so i I feel like I'm just in the right place at the right time of my life in order to be able to um, just really bring this forward. I, in this information and, and take with it, take it as you will. I don't really not attached to you believing it or not believing it or, or thinking that, you know, any one person or several people is great or not great. It doesn't matter. But I really feel like if people don't understand what's happening and at least look, at least look, then you're going to unfortunately fall into that category of being manipulated and controlled and you, and you, and it, and it's a very, it, that's a very sad way to live. I don't know. I just, I really see, I really see how extraordinary humans are and, 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 the, and our capacity for brilliance. And for the most part, we are that, but we've been conditioned not to know that about ourselves, mm. not to, not, not to, not to, and, and the younger you are, the more you've been conditioned and, and possibly medicated. And, you know, at a very young age that, you know, that that's, that was all by design, 1980s and take off. And it's like, ugh, ugh. So <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm serious from 1980s on the educational system uh. just got completely hijacked. And that's a whole nother story. It's mentioned a little bit in, in trance in the mm -hmm. documentary, but um, you know, it's, you can't cover everything. That's why they make docu-series. Yeah. But, um, but, but the point is, is like that the, I'm in a position where I want to make sure that what I have, things matter and I can, and I'm in a position to bring it out there. I'm just, and I don't even know why or how I got here. You know, I fell off a horse in 2015 and, and here I am, you know, talking to you with a microphone in my, you know, with a <laughs> red camera across from me that, you know, the <laughs> editor that lives on my property who's working on my documentaries is saying, you know, it's just like, here I am. And a lot of that, I think, is following your own authentic path. And it's like, when I started saying yes to the choices that were in front of me, and I was now aware that I had choices mm. and that, and that I have choices. So now I can make that choice. Yes or no, or, you know, pink or blue or up or down or left or right, or whatever you want to say, I I'm in control. Now I'm taking responsibility for my soul and for my actions mm. and directions moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and Kathy makes that point very much in the documentary where, where all this trauma is happening, everything's going on. She is rescued. Nobody thought she was going to be rescued. So then she's get all of her memories get reclaimed. Nobody thought that was going to happen. Ooh. They thought they were, they were going to kill her when she was 30. So here she's got all of this stuff and her ultimate message is you know once you take responsibility for your own consciousness you are alive and it's a huge responsibility to mm -hmm. be in charge of your mind because yes uh we were not taught that <laughs> no right. this is what we talk we, our term is cognitive sovereignty not just cognitive ah. liberty but cognitive sovereignty yeah 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 this is my house is the movie out yet? It it premieres uh, the twenty second of, and um, of, of February of this month. Ooh. Wow. So like ten more days. It's fine, it's I fine. Know, <laughs> I know we really should finish editing it. And, um, <laughs> 
you know, it's, it's, it's a little different. It's always like hard to just let it things. go. It's really hard. And plus, you know, the previous documentaries, I was either like a thank you at the end of the whole, you know, credits mm -hmm. or, a, or a producer. And, you know, my part in it was like, you know, I, I found the locations and, uh, you know, arranged that the, all the crew shows up or whatever, but this one, I, yeah, I directed, produced, wrote, researched it definitely. And so, yeah, I am definitely a little bit more like, don't put that in there. No, put that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely, and homeless. Oh, I don't know if I should say this, ah. but yeah, I, I am not, not, I'm not aware. <laughs> so you're going to uh, so have the movie is called trance. Yes. The Kathy O'Brien story. Is it going to be yes. available for us to watch on any platforms? You will be able to watch it on trance.movie. Okay. And if you go to trans.movie, that's where it's going to be housed. And that is um, our another um, our other project that we're on. It's a uncensorable, complete bulletproof what? platform. I know it's a technology. Like, we'll have to have an, another show about it. Decentralized but it a, web three stuff. Yep. And we've awesome. been working on that. We've actually been working on that for a couple of years, but not knowing that the censorship was going to be coming down so hard and this wow. was going to be so neat. So you were ahead of the curve on that and now you got to step it up. Yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and so, can you, you tell know, us a, a little bit about what it is? What's the thing? Well, sure. I mean, you know, there, there is, it's, it's, it's called Orin, which is not even spelled like any way that it's pronounced. So that's, you know, fine good luck too, Googling but, it. Yeah, it's A E Y R N. And um Oh, but now that, the bad guys are gonna find you. <laughs> the bad guys. Oh, that's the true. <laughs> Can we delete that? Ooh, but, no. Beep. Never, yeah, it's okay. It's 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 gonna be out there in the vernacular anyway. And yeah. um so yeah, so we've got the platform that so really, but what we're looking at is that it's a technology and that technology, whether you want to we are also as well creating a complementing platform that is an SVOD channel, that is a social media channel, but we're also um, wanting to make this technology available to anyone who needs a, um, it's like a white label, you know, um, a white label technology mm -hmm. that you can then move your platform to, then, mm. it, then you can go ahead and say and do anything you want on it because though it hasn't been tested, <laughs> completely it is theoretically uh ironclad now trance is going to be one of the first real tests of its uncensorability because mm. trance has a lot of very very delicate name drops uh we name did, yeah i didn't i really wanted to talk about that and then i also don't want to talk about it um yeah i think it's the movie is worth checking out i'm really excited uh i would we would love to bring you back on the show after after you've had a couple of weeks of the movie has response. come out and yeah, we can, that'd be fun. Maybe Kathy would want to come too. That I would be awesome. Gonna, oh my God. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Right? Wouldn't I'm like, great. Like even just seeing the trailer, I'm like, what is this woman in like an unmarked bunker somewhere? Like how is she, how like, because this, I have a lot of friends who are like, we need to be on signal and we should be only texting through double ended encryption, what, what, et cetera, et cetera. You know? And I'm like, well, look, like, look, <laughs> if the U S government or the powers that run the U S government think that you're a threat, you'll be dead or in prison or Julian Assange or whatever. And until that point, you're not going to walk out into your car and get blown up on your way to work. And so like, 
to me, I guess maybe that's me being a little cynical, but, um, and this is not a slight on Oren at all, because I think the internet is different. Like the internet is slightly different than friends wanting to like, um, like talk to me about psychedelics on a special platform that the government can't read. Like, it's like, look, you're not that hot shit. But someone like Kathy Bryan se- O'Brien seems like hot shit. She's naming that, some serious names. Yeah, Those like, are serious to me, allegations. That's the sort of person that I would think would be worried about getting in a car without having a dog bomb sniff at first, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And and my but, my middling like people that yell about politics on Facebook, not so much. Like they don't yeah. really need to be worried. Well, <laughs> but someone like Kathy O'Brien, you know, she she did come out uh, way earlier. This is not she's not coming yeah. out for the first time. I mean, we we have footage from her and Mark Phillips, the man who rescued her. Um, we have footage of them speaking at conferences, you know, from decades, 1970s, 1980s. They put their book out to nuts. their 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 book was, was protection, the testimony trance their book transformation of America, that was their um, uh, testimony in Congress, but Congress had it sealed. And that actually did save their lives. They basically said, nah, your, your, your testimony is, is way too potent. We're going to seal it. And then, and, and then nobody can hear it. Well, all that did was validate the fact that the testimony was so Legit. you know intense that well, yeah, they're not they didn't they didn't censor her because it wasn't true. They censored her and 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 put that testimony in a locked box right. because it was true. And or they just you know, national security. They, right. they they censored it under national security. But by doing that, they kind of gave them legs to stand on because they're now they they couldn't prove now they couldn't say that they're liars or that or that they're making it up and now if they ended up dead um that would be really suspicious so now of course now of course they don't really care so much about suspicion but you know it's so obvious when you've been suicided or someone's been Mm -hmm. suicided it's kind of like okay that that they don't even care anymore you know it's right right in your face but because Kathy has lived, gone on, and you know she's sixty-three, four, whatever, how old she is, she's she's lived through this, and she's um, and Mark has passed, and he he uh, he he caught a um, bacterial. Um, he caught something mm-hmm. in two thousand twenty. Somehow, his body was invaded by something, and he. Oh. So. Um, yeah. So, so that, that did happen. Um, but their work, their work was so already done. Everything had been delivered. The book had been written, access denied had been delivered. And Kathy ultimately wrote PTSD, a time to heal, which is actually all of the, um, many of the, uh, mind, uh, healing, the healing techniques that Mark had, given to her Mm. in order for her to claim reclaim her mind he actually was working with these government agencies to reclaim to help mind people who have been under mind control like pow's and and other such Mm. people to reclaim their memories so he when he saw what was going on before he even met kathy he saw what was going on with these experiments and flipped out he couldn't believe that this is what they were lying bitches Mm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) so they and that's ultimately how Kathy got rescued. He just went in and rescued her and, and Kathy's daughter, Kelly. And, um, and 
basically gave her all the tools that she might need to start reclaiming her memories. And then even the, the ones around the espionage and the drug trafficking and human trafficking and all that information that she had and that she was privy to, she handed it to Mark and Mark handed it to, you know, customs and all these other organizations. And they were actually able to prosecute based mm. on Kathy's memories that she regained by being in the same room with world leaders spoiler alert <laughs> certain world leaders yeah. adrian thank you so much for coming on post-orthodoxy today thanks for having me it's been super fun good yes, you'll do it again yeah. yes i'll do it again we should yeah, do this sure. again sometime so dark and i are doing a special oh, yeah, side project um after the fact so we're gonna do our outro we're gonna say thank you to everybody and then uh keep you on zoom but you can pop away and um and we have a we have a secret bonus question secret to ask bonus you. question to ask you uh Ooh. after the show off is the over. air yes oh, okay so um thank you so much adrian sure. well and thank you thanks for having me you're awesome. We'll we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you in a couple minutes. All right. Thanks everybody uh, for tuning in. <laughs> All right. Um. So that was Adrian Youngblood doing uh, talking about MK Ultra and aliens. And so much more. And so much more. And I'm excited for all of it. And I'm excited to have her back on after Transformation of America. Um, Thank you for visiting our outpost in the borderlands. Bye. Post-Orthodoxy is a project of Sevier Studios. We host ongoing interactive conversations centered around cognitive liberty. And you can join in by catching one of our live streams on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You can also catch each conversation after the fact as a podcast by searching for post-orthodoxy wherever podcasts are found. If you take value from the work we are doing and the community we're building together, you can support the outpost in the borderlands for as little as $5 a month on our website, Better Time. That's betterti.me. Visit the Sevier Studios page and subscribe. You can also support The Outpost by following and connecting with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and or Substack. Our post-Orthodoxy theme music was composed by Frank Pascal, and a special thanks goes to our voice actors, Amelia, Colin, Zbo, Rosie, Gabo, Vicky, Mokai, and Tony. Thanks for playing. outside your reality bubble. I think I dribbled a bit that last one. <laughs> <laughs>